Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. Man, 
I'm blessed as always, man. Uh, I'm feeling all right. It's always good to be here to chop it up with you, man. How are you, brother? Doing all right, trying to get this thing. Um, got a new intro that I got to go by to start getting us moving. We got sponsors coming for us, so this is a great thing. Um, so we, I might as well start with like the meat and potatoes early. We are getting news that Thomas Brady will be retiring, but then people are saying that there's a pullback saying, hey, don't say that too soon because he's actually saying that he's not retiring yet. But um, there is a situation that with, uh, you know, if he sticks around with the team until February 4th, he gets a bonus of $15 million. So it's like he has to kind of, like, follow that role, if you will, so he could actually receive his money to, uh, I guess, move on throughout the season. And if he pulled the trigger then, then I guess it's safe for him. But right now, all signs are kind of pointing like Brady's about to leave. Uh, Mike, your thoughts on Tom Brady – Staring down a barrel of retirement. Man, first of all, I haven't really seen anything like this in a while where, okay, now it's come out, now it's not. Who knows uh, what that's going to be. I I feel like I've read in the past couple years that uh, family, you know, his wife was worried about him taking too many more hits or whatever. Uh, if he were to retire now, like, okay, so they went down in the playoffs. But, I mean, for all intents and purposes, man, this guy goes out still on top of his game, uh, leading the NFL in passing yards, one year off of seventh Super Bowl. I mean, the best to ever do it in this game. Uh, the GOAT, as we've talked about before, uh, I if he wants to retire right now, I would say good for him. He's healthy. Uh, he gets away with, you know, at a very, very high level. But, I mean, obviously if he wants to come back and do it again, he uh, he has the right to do so. He's still playing at a high enough level. I hope he goes ahead and retires, man. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to see – I don't want to see another situation like we saw years ago with with Brett Favre. Where is he leaving? Is he coming back? It's a story every day. You know what I mean? Like, I, whatever he decides to do, I, I just hope it's clear cut and, and we figure it out. But he has earned the right to go out on his own terms. If this is it for him, man, uh, I'm, I'll see you later. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready, you know, for that next era. But, man, like, just to take a minute and just appreciate you know, the greatness it is Tom Brady and what he's been able to accomplish. You're talking about a guy that wasn't even really supposed to be the starter at his college, uh, you know, and has definitely gotten the most out of his career. And quite honestly, man, we've been very uh, blessed to to watch him do it for as long as he has. 22 years up until this point of at least NFL play uh, and all his accolades, I can't wait to watch – like how people read off, you know, everything, whether it's like now if he does, you know, button this up and retire soon or when he goes into the hall, it's gonna people are going to go to sleep listening to how much they're going to say about him going into the hall. No doubt a first uh, ballot Hall of Famer. I think they they might not even have to wait the four or five years. Like they could just open the hall up and be like, yeah, just come on in here. Like you, you've done all that you need to do to prove that you, you know, you're the best at the uh, position. Even though there's still people that give you backlash and, 
Uh, I've had an argument uh, recently with somebody still trying to throw Montana and Peyton up at him, and it's like, okay, what what else do Brady have to do to try and, like, appease other people? So, I don't know. And that that's the fun part. It's like Brady's still in these circles where <laughs> people are still trying to compare others to him. And, and now that he retires, it's like, now let's measure stats or what he's done in his career, uh, whether it was in the early portion of the 2000s. And it's like diff- it's like three different legs to his career. Like the early portion of the 2000s where he got his first three Super Bowls. Then you have the later part of the 2000s where they made an interesting run, especially the 18-1 and season uh, where they lost in a Super Bowl. And then they got to the Super Bowl again, I think, three years later up against the same Giants team and lost to them also. Um, and then the last leg of it was, I think from 2012 or 14 on, uh, and he ended up putting up three more championships with New England and getting a Super Bowl as of last year with Tampa and the first quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl in their own backyard. So there's a lot of things that you could throw in front of Tom Brady that we have never seen. Um, but up until this point, while this is like news within a weekend, it's still, to me, it's stunning. Like, like as much as we all were like, well, when is this cliff going to hit? Or when does he end up hanging it up? And he will always come back year after year like, I'm playing, I'm playing. It's like, wait, he's coming back again and still able to be postseason relevant. Like, I can't even think of the last time he wasn't at least in the playoffs, like, unless he was injured, you know? Like, so that's, that's, you know, that's how dominating of a situation that Brady was to the NFL. And I can't just say AFC. He did, did it one year in the NFC and then this year right here, uh, he got knocked off, and I think it was more or less due to the situation of the team of Tampa Bay that they had a lot of issues going on, and he had to fight through it and um, couldn't prevail. He couldn't. I think he needed a couple of more of his pieces, but he tried to make do with what he had. They made an interesting run to make that comeback happen, and the defense had a lapse, and um, Cooper Cup makes a great play, and they kick a field goal to get the Buccaneers out of there. But just like you said, he, he leaves with his health, but he does leave with a busted lip. So, they did bust his lip up in that game, so um, that probably held over this week. But I'm just trying to be funny about it. But I, I can't lie. At one point in time, I did not like Tom Brady. I was not a big Brady fan at all. Um, in the first three Super Bowl runs, he was the, the glory pretty boy out of California that went to Michigan. And um, next thing you know, once Randy Moss came there, knowing I'm a big Randy fan, it was like, now i got to pay attention. And, boy, did they almost run the league out of the gym, winning 18 straight and get to a Super Bowl, and it kind of made everybody else happy that uh, they lost in the Super Bowl because I don't think anybody would have been able to withstand watching him win a Super Bowl undefeated. Um, that has been incredible. But there's been so many different rides that we've seen Brady pull together with that New England team that just been epic. I, uh, I think it was the 2003 season, maybe, 2003 or 2004, he had the longest regular season winning streak of, I think, like 21 games, and it overlapped from one season into another. And it's like, I, I, who would ever do that again? Like, are we going to get a team that could run the table from one season to the next for that entirety of its presence? We, we'll see. But I, I don't know. Like, these are amazing accomplishments, let alone a lot of the quarterbacks that we've heard of or seen uh, within the history of the NFL. He basically took in down all of their names. Like, there's, like, I, I think Peyton may have one record. Um, Brett Favre has the interception record, but I wouldn't want that. Brett Favre was there alone holding that. Um, 
I wonder how many he has in total uh, as in NFL records. So I, I know there's nothing for him to be ashamed of. It's just the timing of where it is and how quick it came after the loss. But we'll see as this goes on. Uh, Mike, is there anything else that you'd like to add to I I think the thing that gets me time is about Brady is it didn't matter what he had like so early on in his career he was kind of a a uh, little bit of a game manager right like and they they had defense or whatever and he was kind of a game manager and then you messed around and gave him some toys right like and then when you messed around and gave him some toys like he, they put up pinball machines you know type numbers. Uh, Randy Moss record seasons or whatever, and that offense was like crazy prolific. And then later on in his career, he didn't have a lot of uh, he didn't always have a lot of weapons, and that was part of uh, his contention. I think when he finally ended up leaving, uh, was he didn't he didn't really have the weapons that you see surround that a lot of other quarterbacks, uh, you know, get on their team. And so he still was able to somehow find a way to, to will his team to victory, regardless of, of what you gave him, what spare parts you put on that offense, he found a way to make them look good. You know what I mean? So I, I, I think that's one of the things that's always going to jump out at me. And, you know, I understand that like a week ago there were, some other things in place or some other things that happened, like the Rams made some mistakes or did some things to kind of keep Tampa in that game. But that being said, I I still think there are very few uh, quarterbacks who would have been able to get their team right there and have their team in position to end of that game to still be relevant and have a chance to win that game. And if you had, I still think, uh, you have both of those linemen or at least one of them and or you have at least one of his other pieces out there and and healthy and we could be having a completely different uh discussion right now. But I feel like he made the most of his talents and he found a way to get the most out of the people that were out there on the field around him and bring his teammates up. And that's that's another thing that'll always jump out to me about Tom Brady. Mike and I know this may be a very tough question to ask. I, I don't know if I got grounds to ask it, but what quarterback in the NFL entirety that you could remember or recall or heard of or read about can we compare toward Brady's career? Like, what would be second nature? Not because I, I feel like he's the cream of the crop, pinnacle. However, you want to address it. Who's like close? Is it is it Montana? Is it? Manning, is it like another name that I may not be mentioning? I, I I won't dare say Bradshaw, but like he has four championships too. Like who is it? Is it all behind the championship runs? Is it like what he does on the field? Him winning? Like who who do we throw like comparable quarterbacks at the you know second place or third place? However we look at it toward uh, Thomas Brady. I think it's Montana, Thomas. Uh, I I say that you know, and obviously. Uh, Brady, to me, above that, he he went to even a second team and was able to find that success. But I've, over the last few years, as they continue to win, I've told anybody that would listen, like, I have uh, in a lot of ways thought of Brady as this generation's version of Joe Montana. And then as he obviously has continued to play, 
and and surpassed these records, and to me, he's exceeded that. But to me, the the closest comparison to Tom Brady uh, is Joe Montana. Hmm. I mean, and that's always been – that's still the actual fight right now. There are people that don't want to kind of say that Brady has the uh, the title at this moment. They still will throw either Peyton or Joe Montana up there. And this is the one thing about the, like, the Montana situation or Manny situation that actually, like, rattles me. Like, Joe Montana was able to get his Super Bowls together. He had four – he was 4-0 while he got to the big dance, so I give him credit for doing that. Um but if you look across the board, like his, his statistical situation isn't gaudy, it's respectable. Like, like I, I can't say that he had like Jimmy Garoppolo type numbers, and, and and he just won games. Like, and I'm not I'm not poo pooing Jimmy G at all. I'm I'm actually trying to support the hell out of Jimmy G while a lot of people talk crap about him. But and then looking at uh, Peyton Manning's situation, it's like yeah, Peyton Manning did a lot of damage in September between between September and December when January come on it's just like something happens like like where where's all of this superhero antics where you fall apart whether you're in the dome or you're on the road and a lot of times they would bump into the Patriots in Gillette and, and stuff would happen out there he couldn't play in cold weather people are like well does he need gloves does he need to throw with gloves on his life they should be able to play in these elements so those are situations I look at with Peyton. Even though Peyton had an incredible, you know, regular season run, it's interesting to have these quarterbacks that are in the discussion with Brady. But I just feel like they won't entirely stack up against or in front of him, shall I say? Now, with with him is interesting enough, but in front of him, I don't think so. At least in my opinion. I think um, to me, when I look at that, I see Peyton Manning is, like you said, that regular season guy. Uh, but had a had a thing where in big games in big games he came up short. Even at a college level, he was zero four. Uh, you know against Florida. So I I compare I, that's the only reason why I say Montana is because of the four Super Bowls and being able to do that. Now they had a system that also had a lot of good. You know they had running threats as well with Roger Craig, Dexter Carter, and you know. Even uh, even though Tom Rathman every once in a while, but a little bit different system. But I I think I compare the two of them in the day. Uh, I guess that's why I compare Brady and Montana. And just those two guys have uh, in my lifetime by far been the two most successful postseason quarterbacks and been able to win when all the chips are down. Okay, I think we do have somebody calling in out of the California region, calling out California, of the 951 area. So, uh, welcome okay, to the bunch. How are you? Is that? Oh, he needs, okay, he needs perfect. Busy. Okay, you, you doing something? Okay, I apologize. I, I catch him in the middle of something. Okay. Um, I was trying to let him get in on the topic. I will get away from that. We got more to discuss, uh, including – these two games, I wanted to spend at least the last hour on both of these uh, these games. I want to give 30 minutes to each respectable championship game. Um, there is a scenario outside of this that I did want to talk about, but it's, in, it's within uh, the realm of one of these teams. Um, there is another situation I do want to talk about outside of uh, the championship games, and that is Jim Harbaugh. 
Jim Harbaugh is actually being interviewed to become the head coach for the Minnesota Vikings. Now, he just signed that extension in Michigan with the Wolverines just last season. Um, And they had a good season this year. They went to the playoffs. Uh, They fell short. And it's looking like already if this is an enticing contract or situation that they could patch up, he will end up leaving Ann Arbor. Uh, How do you feel about this, Mike? Are you at all at calm with this? Do you respect it? Your thoughts on Jim Harbaugh being interviewed by the Minnesota Vikings? You know, I've heard that it talked about whether or not he would consider going to that next level in the barbershop. We got uh, a couple guys that are Michigan fans, one that's around a good bit, who said he didn't say it would happen. I told him back then, I said, you know, one thing is be careful because the money they might throw at him and the fact that he – Listen, as an NFL coach, you get, in a lot of ways, you actually get probably a little bit more time off over the course of a year than you do running a college program. Um, You know, and some people have said that maybe he's not uh, the biggest fan of uh, the recruiting process and all that that goes along with that. I mean, listen, um, Harbaugh's – market value right now to move up to that, to move back to that next level again, or to get a pace is as high as it's been since he's gotten to Michigan. It's higher than it's been in a while. And you can make the argument that it may not be this high again. You know, I I don't know that, I don't feel like Michigan is at all a favorite to beat Ohio State next year. I don't feel like that uh, that Michigan has done enough yet to uh, be considered uh, at or equal to the level of Ohio State yet in, in college football. And so you just beat them. You ended that streak. You made it to the playoffs, so you didn't win there. You know, this is he's made Michigan football more relevant than it has been in a long time. So this may be a case of strike while the while the iron is hot. This is your chance to, you know, uh, go back to the NFL level. It depends on what organization and what pieces you have. Now Minnesota has has tended to have patience with their coaches and hang on for a while. They're not. Uh, a team that swaps out every year or two. So, I mean, I don't know. I guess he has the right to do what he wants, what, you know, what he wants. But I, I think there are some Michigan fans that, uh, that would really be hurt by this and really be bothered uh, by this news. I'm, I'm quite frankly not surprised if he does end up making this jump and going back to uh, – the pros I thought it might be with the Bears, with Justin Fields as that uh, as that franchise guy, and so I wondered if when he didn't take that, if it was actually uh, going to happen. And who knows? I mean, he may be trying to leverage this, but he just got a big contract last year. So, I mean, I just think uh, at the end of the day, it's a preference, and it's just, it's what you want to do. Do you want to? Uh, 
you want to recruit and do all those different things and go into homes and uh, talk to 16- and 17-year-olds and and their families, or would you rather just uh, talk to your personnel people and draft people about who you're bringing in and uh, what the, how you're going to construct that roster? So, uh, you know, hey, he, he – he might decide that doing this college thing is a little bit more work than uh, than what he'd like to put in. Okay, and this is the one thing that I have toward Harbaugh. I don't respect it at all. Um, he's been going through these situations uh, term after term across the board. Um, I don't even know where to start. Do I start in Stanford when he had Andrew Luck, and him and Andrew Luck had success. Andrew Luck goes to the league, he leaves. He goes to the league and goes with the Niners. He has a good run in, in San Francisco. I can't even take that away from him in San Francisco. He has a good run in San Francisco. He makes the ultimate change between Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick, goes with Colin Kaepernick. They get to a Super Bowl. They lose that game basically on a fourth down stance, basically at the doorstep of the goal line. I mean, it was like a fourth, you know, fourth and four, but it's fourth and goal. And uh, they sent the blitz, and he throws a jump ball for Crabtree that basically went out of bounds. But if you play, press replay on that play, Randy Moss is wide open in the middle of the end zone by himself. And it's like Colin wasn't looking there because all he seen was Ray Lewis and them coming. So it's like I get it. So, But, but that being said, uh, I think the two seasons later everybody left because the season after that they got to the NFC Championship and ended up playing Seattle and losing that game. And everybody remembers how that ended where Crabtree and – uh, Richard Sherman got into it, and and that was kind of wicked. But I think over, I think I want to say over twenty, but I want to be fair. I say over fifteen players left, starting both sides of the ball, including himself, San Francisco as well. And then uh, he ends up going to Michigan. Now Michigan had an ultimate season for their standards. Um, they fall short. Players leave, and now he's going to Minnesota to the Vikings. Uh, while it's a good situation here, he has Jefferson, he has Dalvin Cook, and Kirk Cousins will be the quarterback that he has to work with because he's a quarterback. So ultimately I feel like that's the thing that he'll have to structure uh, and making that thing work. If he's to leave Michigan after they just brought you back, after the world was on fire that you were coming back because you could not beat Ohio State, you put one win on the board to leave, I think you put Ohio State back in the driver's seat to beat Michigan back up. I don't know if they're going to want you to come back to college football because, let's be honest, you're in your late 50s, early 60s at this point in time. Like, you might as well just stay in the league and retire how that ends, and that's that. So I don't know how he makes his bed at the end of the day, at least in the coaching terms, if he does accept this job in Minnesota. But I know the Vikings will make it interesting. They won't hand him nothing little. They know that they're going to have to set up something better for him to, A, walk away from Michigan with no problems, and, B, to make it reasonable for him to be there for at least uh, three to five years, I want to say. It might be more. It may be more years behind it, but I want to be favorable to, like, a lower number to not lock him into, like, a 10 like how Gruden did while he was in Las Vegas. So that that's just how I feel. I, I don't respect uh, I, I don't respect Harbaugh's moves or decisions for the past couple of times that he's jumped in and out of organization after organization. Go, go ahead, Mike. No, I, I think you're right. I think he's gotten – at these different stops, he's gotten to where they're on a pretty high level, and then he's leveraged that to that next deal. It does kind of make me think of there's a Bill Parcells uh, quote one time, and he basically said, after three to five years, or after five years, that message gets stale, or there needs to be a different voice. And so, 
You never want to stay in one place way too long. Uh, so, you know, I, I think of that when we talk about this. I also, like I said, man, I think that I think Ohio State's going to beat them again next year. I don't know that Michigan football, I mean, they have the ability to uh, with the resources that they have, but I don't think that it's a given that that team is going to be able to accomplish what they did this season again, uh, anytime in the next few years. We will see. Uh, I think a lot of pressure is on their running game. I don't think they have any quarterbacks that could like really lead the Wolverines to like that Brady feel, if you will, or, you know, some of the quarterbacks of yesteryear that, had them on interesting run out there in Ann Arbor. But for him to be – if he up and leaves them like he did, this feel like he, what he did to Stanford, man. It, this, I, I'm, I'm not I'm not feeling this by any means. Um, but we'll see. I, I just knew that this was some news that I wanted to get out as we get ready to get in front of the uh, the championship game. So we do have an hour left. Uh, and I'm gonna, I want to spend at least a good amount of time on both of these uh, games. Uh, there's four teams left. There's only tickets for two. So somebody got to fight for their lives – to party. Okay, we do have somebody in queue calling out of California. Uh, breaking news. Welcome to the brunch. How are you feeling this morning? What's going on, boys? How you doing? It's, uh, it's a beautiful morning. On? We got some football on the slate. Yeah, uh, anything that you'd like to add to the previous conversation, uh, whether Tom Brady's retirement or... Uh, Jim Harbaugh and his potential interview uh, with the Vikings. Yeah, I mean, I've been I've been obviously listening to the show. I uh, was in the middle of a work call, but I mean, I, I love Joe Montana, and and I understand the, the the correlation between the two. But I think at this point, I think Tom Brady has put himself in a class by himself. I think I think not only is I think not only is he um, probably the greatest quarterback um, of all time, um, I think I think it's going to be really hard even for some of these younger guys to replicate those numbers. Twenty-two years in the league, the amount of the, the amount of Pro Bowls, first-team All-Pros, the amount of Super Bowl rings, the amount of Super Bowl MVPs. Um, I mean, the numbers, honestly, are just, just staggering. And we've talked about this before, Ty, but just to put things in perspective for those people that uh, that were unaware, so at the start of the playoffs, there was, uh, or going into the divisional round, there was eight quarterbacks left. Uh, Tom Brady had three times the amount of wins of all the other quarterbacks combined. And that includes guys like Patrick Mahomes that had been to, you know, been to multiple multiple Super Bowls um, and multiple AFC Championship games. Uh, he just just incredible. Um, he's he's really in a class all by himself. You know, I hate to see him go out the way he did, but I mean, in typical you know Tom Brady esque team fashion. You know, they were down 27-3, to and they literally fought all the way back to tie that game with less than a minute to go. Um, It's really sad that, you know, the defense could not hold up to potentially see Brady, uh, you know, in the the, the big dance one last time. 
Um, and then as far as, you know, the coaching carousel, I'm just going to say this. Listen, I, I brought up Harbaugh the other day. You know this. Um, and I, I love me some Harbaugh. I, I'm, I'm a fan. You know, I was, I was a, I'm a 49ers fan. I watched him walk in and instill the discipline, um, you know, the complex run game, you know, watched him take a, a perennial loser and turn them into a perennial winner. Um, but I got to tell you, man, there are so many good coaches out there that I just feel like never get the love. I mean, let, let's – I don't want to go on like a long rant, but like Jim Caldwell, right, former former Detroit Lions coach, nobody talks about this guy. And he took, he took Ty's perennial losing Detroit Lions and took them to the playoffs multiple years. He had a 563 win percentage and got fired for it and can't find a job in the league, even though, even though uh, you know, multiple coaches have endorsed this guy as being a phenomenal coach. So, you know, with all the retreads out there, with all the people that, that's looking for the hot new coach coming from college, um, you know what, you, you may want to look at guys like Flores or you may want to look at guys like Jim Caldwell that uh, – actually did a pretty damn good job at their last stop and for whatever reason uh, was not given an opportunity to continue to coach. And that goes to the tales of, like, organizations on the way they feel about individuals. I don't even think they're going off of uh, coaching standard or what these guys have done to turn teams around. Um and I don't really want to, like, go down that tunnel, but I kind of have to because you said that, and, and it kind of ties in with Brian Flores as well. And it's, it, it's puzzling that these guys won't get a job quicker than guys that they're fan favorites toward uh, owners or, you know, front offices alike. So I, I don't know how I get to change it or what other word I can use. I, I really don't want to throw it out there. But, um it's all I'm saying, Ty, is, listen, all I'm saying, Ty, is organizations talk all the time. They, they say all the right words. All we want to do is win, you know, and this and that. I don't care if the guy's old. I don't care if the guy's young. I don't care if the guy's black, if he's white, if he's Asian, if he's purple with pink polka dots. I don't care if it's a child like Sean McVay. I don't care if it's a 90-year-old coach like Pete Carroll. Find me a winner. I feel I feel like like I've turned into Mike Singletary. And you know what? Both of these guys are winners. If you want to win organizations, look at guys that have won previously. Don't look at a college coach and see how that correlates. Look at guys that were able to take – perennial dumpster fire franchises, no offense, Ty, and turn them into winners, and in some cases, playoff teams. Like, these guys should have head coaching jobs if we're going to be talking about, you know, college coaches coming back or we're going to talk about Josh McDaniels for the 12th time. Okay, Mike, is there anything that you'd like to add to what has been said? Mike, can you hear me? 
Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay, man, I was be... talking over you. Okay. Uh, no, I'm I'm here. Uh, no, nah, uh, nah, I mean I I think he I, I think he hit it on the nail. There are other guys that I mean are, are deserving of of head coaching jobs, such as Caldwell. Eric Bieniemy, I think, is is more than deserving of a head coaching job, and and should be considered. I mean, there are definitely uh, other coaches for sure that I think uh, that I think are definitely uh, worthy of shots that I would like to that I would like to see given uh, given that opportunity to lead a franchise. Okay, so we will move into these championship games. The call-in number is 929-477-2759. The first game that we have is for 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Cincinnati Bengals visit the Kansas City Chiefs. Before I get into this game, Sport City, I've already picked on one individual because of their questionable decisions, Right which they're entitled to because they're human. They get to do what they want. But he didn't do anything illegal. He's doing things legally. But we have an individual that's doing something illegal that I can't back or condone at all. Corner Damon Arnett of the Kansas City Chiefs is cut by the team before this game. Now, mind you, this is the same guy that was on the Las Vegas Raiders roster this very season while the Raiders were actually playing well, he gets into a spat with somebody on social media and sets up a social media video to pull out assault rifles and guns and weapons and start threatening the person. So the Raiders can't condone that. They cut him. Ultimately, he's trying to find his way back into the league. He gets picked up and also picked up by the Chiefs as well. They have him on like the practice reserve team, but I guess trying to bring him up but telling them they're going to have a no-nonsense situation. They didn't want to have any of that happen. He goes back to Las Vegas and has an assault charge. What are you doing in the same calendar year? Like, I don't know how you can stub your toe at this point in time on your own decisions, but this is ridiculous. And I guess this, I don't know if it's the repeat person that kept messing with him, but it's like you got to come up with better assessment or better judgment. Wow, this team to potentially make or break the season by going to a Super Bowl or not. It could have used you because they're going up against a quality team in Cincinnati. Uh, your guys' thoughts on our net uh, corner, that's just troubled at this point in time. I'll at least say that. He's troubled. Uh, Brian, I'll start with you. Listen, I, I mean, <clears throat> I think you've already said everything you need to say. I mean, <clears throat> the the kid is a knucklehead. <clears throat> And unfortunately, you know what? You can't have distractions like this in the locker room, uh, you know, especially before a big game, especially in the playoffs, especially, you know, in the AFC championship game. You know, the, the team the team should be focused on um, their assignments and what they need to do, and now they're, you know, they're, their focus has been shifted away to, you know, why is – you know, one of our fellow members of the team not with us. Why, you know, why would he do that? Things like that. So, you know, you know, we 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 were all young men at one point, and we've all done some knucklehead things from time to time, but it never ceases to amaze me that certain individuals will do the same things over and over again 
uh, and expect different results. And, I mean, that's literally the definition of insanity. Um, I mean, like you said, he literally got cut from the Raiders for almost the identical thing as to what he was doing days before the playoff game, so uh, the AFC championship game. So, I mean, I personally, I think it's sad. There's a lot of guys that are that are at home right now that are <clears throat> unemployed that would have, uh, you know, relished that opportunity and been model citizens, you know, and unfortunately this is the NFL, so talent usually weighs out over smarts um, when, it, when it comes to roster decision-making. Um, but, yeah, it, it's just a sad situation for KC. It's a sad situation for their fans, for their players, that they have this distraction when they got to get ready for the game. But at the same time, you know, I, I think I think Mahomes and company will be ready. You know, they'll be prepared. But, but, but you just don't need these kind of distractions right before a big game. Well, no, I'm not. I'm not questioning Kansas City because you, you still got to deal with them. Um, but nevertheless, I, I just it's just his actions that are the news at this point in time. Um, Mike, your thoughts on the situation with Arnett, and then I'll start you know spilling into this game and how we feel about this and come up with picks as well. I mean, obviously you go overboard with all this stuff in Vegas, so you get released, and you know to. Uh, huge point. Like people, people make some uh, people make mistakes. Uh, sorry about that little noise, Daniel. Uh, people, uh, people make mistakes from time to time, and 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 but this is this seems uh, more than that. This is uh, a little bit excessive. I mean, I feel like the guy was very fortunate to have gotten a second chance and then to get this second chance, even with a winning organization that's, you know, right there on the doorstep of uh, a third straight Super Bowl, the, you know, the in their fourth straight uh, AFC title game. So, I mean, you could argue that you even, even, even though you, uh, even though you messed up, and lost out on your roster spot, you were able to uh, move on up in the world, kind of like George and Weezy a little bit, as far as on to an even better roster. And and then you blow it again? Like, hey, man, like, at one point, you know, they say, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. And so uh, this guy was given – given that second chance and he blew that second chance. So, I mean, I think he's going to be hard pressed to, to end up on any other, on any other roster. I will say this, whatever's going on with this guy or whatever's happening, uh, obviously this goes, uh, this, this goes beyond football. This is, uh, this is, uh, some character things and some, and some other things going on with him. Um, so, to me, this this thing goes beyond into like uh, a human interest story, and I hope this guy can get his life right and uh, and settle it down. But uh, you know, he squandered uh, some <clears throat> extremely fortunate or but uh, some blessed opportunities that a lot of uh, other people never have. And and not only has he squandered one, now he's squandered two. So, uh, hey, smart up, kid. You know, it's like. Uh, that, that it's it's just sad to see. 
I um I want to try to help him, but it's like one NFL made a mistake by having a team in Las Vegas. Like um, as much as I love that city as much as possible, there's no way that I would you know vouch for that to happen. While these guys are in the age ranges of 22 to like let's just say 31, and responsible for millions of dollars in paradise, you know, and um, it, it's already tough enough that they 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 trusting you to you know maintain like personal agenda, but for you to mess up something that you are making a livelihood out of because you're doing off-field stuff that nobody could, you know, attest for you. Nobody could go to war for you saying that that's cool, that you're actually, you, you know, showing guns or actually an assault charge with this one. Like, it's like, what what are you doing? Like, what are you trying to prove, that you're some guy or you're a thug? Like, what? What's going on in your head? Like, so now this is a dangerous situation where you may not be able to come back to the NFL at all. I don't know what team touched you. If the Raiders actually took a chance on you and let you go and the Chiefs brought you in on a, a no-nonsense uh, situation and you messed that up, I uh, feel bad because this is the same situation Josh Gordon was facing because he was actually smoking marijuana. He wasn't doing something that could actually endanger lives. So... I don't know, Damon, and you're going to have to get this figured out at the end of the day. I, I don't condone this by any means. Um, now let me get into the game as best as I can. Uh, we got the game, like I said, that's starting uh, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard. The Cincinnati Bengals going up against the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead. Um, your thoughts on this game, how things will go down? Brian, if, you, if you're still here, Brian, let me know. If not, I'll go to Mike. Brian, can you uh, discuss how you feel about the ins and outs of this game. Yeah, I'm here. Um, uh, the, I think the biggest thing, I think the biggest thing with this game is, so it's, you know, as you guys know, every, every football game is really about matchups, right? So what is, what does KC like to do defensively? KC likes to play man defense. If you, if you look at the way that they play defense, they like to play man defense. They like to get guys right up in your face. And um, they like to get after the passer with Chris Jones and company. Um, and they've been pretty successful with that. The biggest, <clears throat> the biggest thing I see on that side of the ball that concerns me is when you look at Chase, Higgins, Boyd, I don't know, I don't know if KC has the arsenal of weapons necessary to go man for man against that, you know, against that trio of receivers and be successful. Um, So that concerns me a little bit. That'll be up to the DC to, you know, maybe mass coverage to disguise, to, to throw some curveballs at the youngster. But I mean, I got to tell you guys, Watching him play, uh, watching Burrow play against Tennessee last week and watching him get sacked nine times, which I know is going to be brought up obviously at some point, so I'll just go ahead and address the elephant in the room, nine times uh, and still win that game. Like, I don't know if there's anything this kid can't do. Like, honestly. Like, we might be looking at, you know, we, we talk about Mahomes and we talk about Allen and we talk about all these great young quarterbacks you know, and I've never heard anybody put Burrow in that same category. I'm not saying he's there yet, but but he's close. He's close. This this team is really an offensive line away from being 
an elite team. They're a very good team right now, but being an elite team, they're a defense away. On the other side of the ball, uh, I think KC will try to run the ball to set up play action. I'm not in love with how they're going to cover uh, Kelsey. I think Kelsey could be a problem in this game. Um, I know I know the Bengals have some athletic linebackers, but at the same time, if you look in at, at what uh, tight ends have done over the course of the last, let's just say, six, seven games versus the Bengals, tight ends, tight ends typically seem to be a problem for this team. And, you know, m- most people would argue that you're going up against the number one tight end in the league in Travis Kelsey. So I could see that being a problem as well. Um, the Bengals' defense has really been rock solid, and I, and I feel like they are actually have gotten only gotten better in the playoffs. Um, they've done a really good job of penetrating at the line of scrimmage. They do a really good job of getting into the face of both the quarterback and the running back to shut down lanes. Um, I, 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 I can't, I, and mentally in my mind, Ty, I can't see this game going any other way than similar to how the Bills game went. I'm not saying it's going to be that high scoring, but I don't think Kansas City Chiefs defense will be able to shut down uh, Cincinnati's offense, and I don't know if the bill or if the Cincinnati defense will be able to do that to Kansas City. I could see both of these teams scoring 28 plus points. Like I think it's going to be a fairly high scoring game, but uh I'll leave I'll leave the final prediction, you know, obviously till the end, but I I think both offenses should have some pretty good success against both these defenses. It's really going to come down to you know, which of these defenses can make more plays is really my thoughts on the game. Awesome work. I definitely am proud that you're saving the pick for the end. That's how I wanted to do it. Mike, your thoughts on this game uh, between Cincinnati visiting Kansas City? They've beaten this team before this season. Uh, What does Kansas City have to do differently to uh, have a different outcome? Uh, But don't give me your decision on who you like thus far. Okay, so first of all, uh, with with your comments about um, Joe Burrow, we have, uh, at least on this network, have repeatedly called this guy a legit uh, franchise quarterback who has a an extremely high ceiling and has continued to get better uh, year in and year out. So as far as even just his second year, he's shown tremendous growth. So the Bengals are, are one of uh, maybe – uh, as time would say, I want to be fair with the number, maybe five teams or so uh, or less that, you know, that they're that healthy now at the quarterback position as far as uh, what that future looks like at that position for them. <clears throat> and so in, in a lot of ways, the envy of, of the majority of the franchises in the league. Um, that being said, uh, that kid bounced back from all those sacks. He played, he played tough. They did beat them in the in the regular season. Um, I think that the playoffs is a different animal. The uh, the success that that Pat Mahomes, you know, we we talk about sort of uh, unprecedented. This is a guy that in his fourth year as a starter has never ended the season before 
the AFC Championship game. There was a questionable call the first time. Then two Super Bowls. Now we're right back on the doorstep of a third straight. So this is uh, this is pretty unprecedented success for a quarterback to start his career. I mean, this man has the, the chance to go to three Super Bowls in four years as a starter, winning two of them. Uh, that once again, that's putting the car before the horse. We, we still would have to win a couple more games to make that happen. Uh, but still, some some really uh, unprecedented success there uh, for Mr. Mahomes. I think these two guys are, along with Josh Allen and maybe Lamar Jackson and a couple other guys. You know, uh, we we started this show talking about we started this show talking about the possibility of Brady retiring and. You know, we know Ben is retiring, so these are the new faces. This is the the next generation of uh, signal calls and, and leaders in, in the NFL. So it'll be fun to watch him hook up and play today. Uh, much like what Hugh said, uh, you wonder, can, can Kansas City cover those guys down the field? You know, how do they match these coverages? What do they do to, to maybe try to confuse this young quarterback a little bit? Uh, that Tennessee Titans defensive front was able to generate a good bit, a, a lot of pressure on Burrow. I mean, listen, he he got beat up a week ago, and and was able to bounce back from that. So, uh, you know, he got an extra day to rest. It was a Saturday game uh, last weekend, so he got he got an extra day to to try to recover going into this week, but I think that that Kansas City front is going to be able to get pressure. Um, He's going to have to bounce back. Uh, There are – and then on the other side of the ball, listen, Travis Kelsey is a problem. I know Cincinnati is giving up points to tight end. Kelsey is a problem with anybody he matches up against. Um, And then Tariq Hills is a problem because they're in a human alive that can run with him, really, uh, the way he runs. Uh, you got him, and then you know you still got some other weapons like Hartman and Robinson, and other guys that that can make plays for them down the field. I think Kansas City being able to establish the run, if they can run the ball some and kind of uh, use that to set up play action and use that to to milk some of that clock and kind of uh, you know play a little bit of ball control. Um, as explosive as that offense is, if you can uh, add in some ball control elements with it, it becomes even more difficult to stop. I think both quarterbacks are going to get their numbers by the end of the day. Uh, what this game is is probably going to come down to is which team between between the two can have more of a a running game today and which team plays the cleaner game. Uh, you know, that, that Buffalo-Kansas City game last weekend, I think, had uh, in the entire football game. So which team can play the cleaner game and not beat themselves? And so th- I feel like this is one of those games that could come down to a mistake or two on one side of the ball or the other. It could make the difference. I, I will say this as we uh, as we continue talking about this game and the next one. The NFL's got a hard, hard act to follow with all the close games that we had last week. So I, I'm really hoping – it looks like we should, but I'm just hoping that we uh, 
we have competitive games on both sides uh, this weekend because, uh, you know, sometimes uh, sometimes it flips around on you after you've had so many uh, close calls and had as many games right there be competitive. I hope we don't end up with a couple of uh, with a couple of lopsided games today. But I, I think, like I said, the passing numbers are going to be there on both sides. It's going to be interesting to see which team has a little bit more success running the ball. And I think it's going to come down to who plays the cleaner game. Okay, calling out of the 703, I have Aaron in the building. Welcome to the brunch. How are you feeling this afternoon, morning, afternoon? Hey, all work for you. What's going on, fellas? How we doing, man? It's a pleasure to be here, man. It's a pleasure to talk with you guys and get to work. Your thoughts on the AFC Championship game. Uh, just the thoughts, no prediction, please. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, for me, man, it's going to come down to a couple of things. First and foremost is the Cincinnati Bengals going to be able to protect Joe Burrow. Um, I popped in when Mr. Hardy was speaking, and he mentioned the fact that Tennessee was able to generate pressure um, consistently last week. Um, this is a copycat beat, so I expect Steve Stagnolo, um, a guy who is not shy about mixing up pressures and exotic things, um, to, to, to mix the things up and some, bring some extra pressure um, on this young offensive line. Um, the second thing I want to pay attention to is the secondary of the Kansas City Chiefs going to hold up in coverage. Uh, Matthew is going to be able to play today. He's returning from a concussion. But this is a team that uh, Week 17 got torched in the secondary. Joe Burrow had 400 yards passing. Uh, Jamar Chase had three touchdowns for over 200-plus yards. Um, so this is a team that has generated some significant confidence over the last time they played them on going up top and making them difficult. Um, and the third thing I want to pay attention to is the intangible play. You know, Joe Burrow can run around um, and make some things happen with his legs. You know, not as much as Patrick Mahomes but he's been known to get outside the box. He can make off-script plays. Uh, which which team is going to make the off-script play? Um, a tip pass that, that, that goes for a, 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 a knockdown on, on a third down, a, a scramble on a, on a third and medium that generates a first down to keep a drive going. Um, I think both offenses are going to be able to move the football. Um, it's just going to come down to, for me, uh, which one makes the critical moment and the weighty moment uh, that, that proves to be uh, victorious. So it's going to be interesting to see all break down, but I think these two teams know each other. I think these two teams are not scared of one another. Um, it's going to come down to those three things for me. Well, I'm going to say this quickly so I can move into the other game that we have. Of course, everybody's saying, uh, you know, more along the lines of pressure, who getting who quarterback. I'm putting on the shoulders of the secondaries. That is right. Kansas City secondary is on the line. Cincinnati secondary is on the line. Whoever comes up with the more plays, I mean, pass breakups, tip balls, or interceptions, that all counts because you guys are dealing with speedsters all day long and some powerhouse tight ends. Uzoma is also a good tight end, too. You can't even overlook him either. They all are playmakers, both sides of the ball. So this is going to be a very interesting offensive showcase. And I can't lie, I love defense, but if it's a shootout, man, who doesn't like old Western? You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that's how I'm looking at it. So it, it's up to all both secondaries to come up and see who can make the plays or basically shake their finger at the crowd like, no, I'm breaking this up. They can't keep coming to this side of the field. Like, 
That's what I want to see happen. If you got to come up with that, because Jamar Chase is a, a beast in his own right. You also got Tyler Boyd has also started making his claims of his self situation right now. I've been watching him since Pittsburgh, but it's like now he's finally coming to a full zone of himself, and I just spoke on you zone as well. And Higgins is also a monster in his own right. Then I don't even have to talk about the United States Olympic track team, a.k.a. the Kansas City Chiefs. Like it's, The first leg is uh, Pringle. The second leg, <laughs> like, like they, they, it's crazy. Like They, they got four legs, and the, the anchor is Tyreek. You don't want to see him get the, the um the pole basically to start running with it because you're going to be running for a while, man. So it, it and who slows these guys down? Like trying to stop all of them across the board. So I, I, these secondaries have their hand for all day. However, the game ends, these coaches better think their corners and safeties. At the end of the day, I get it. Like defensive pressure up front means a great ton of you know how the game commences. You know what I'm saying? But these guys can't let Tyreek get three steps on a corner with no safety help. Like that can't, you're, you're burned, you know, like, or Jamar Chase can't continue to see single coverage if you ain't going to send help. So these secondaries have a lot of work to do today. And that's, that's to say the least bit, if I can, for this AFC championship matchup. Uh, now going to the NFC championship game, we have the San Francisco 49ers visiting the Los Angeles Rams in which the, Los Angeles Rams are on a six-game losing streak over the last three years against the San Francisco 49ers, in which I think Shanahan got there four years ago. So his first year, he kind of got his feet wet. After that, he's been able to kind of circle the game, if you will, and beating the Rams. Four of those were against Jared Goff, and two just as recent up against Matthew Stafford. One, I feel like, the Rams might have let up off of the gas being up by a good amount of points. But nevertheless, the Niners had to fight their way back to not only win that game, but fight to get into the playoffs. And now look at how beneficial it was to get there because now they're basically at the doorstep again of another Super Bowl again. So I want to see how you guys feel about this game. I'll come to you first, Mr. Simmons. Your thoughts on these two teams going at it. I mean, the stars are aligned. It's NFC West rivalry. Nope prediction just how you feel about these two yeah. teams you know honestly um <laughs> i said this a little bit ago and I, I, i'm gonna echo my same sentiment i mean these two teams know each other i mean they're division opponents um you know both games this past year are doing a regular season um have been great games so um you know not one team has blown the other team out um it comes down to a couple of things for me first and foremost which San Francisco 49er team decides to show up? Real talk. I mean, we got breaking news teams in the building. I'm, I'm sure he's running around. And, and they, they, they will tell you this is a Jekyll and Hyde squad. Um, sometimes they look like they can beat anybody on the planet. Sometimes they, they look like they don't deserve to be on the planet. Um, and so for, for this particular game, this will come down to which, which San Francisco 49er team shows up. Is this a team that's going to get after the pass or is this a team that's going to stick to the running game? This is a Jimmy Garoppolo team that, you know, plays in spite of Jimmy Garoppolo. Is Jimmy Garoppolo going to be a contributor to their efforts of winning the ball game? Uh, time will tell. Um, are they going to look to get Kittle involved early? Like these past couple of games, Kittle has been an afterthought until late. And um, are, are you going to be able to stabilize the defensive front uh, of of the L.A. Rams? Um, question mark. Is Kyle Shanahan going to Kyle Shanahan? 
And we all sitting here understands what that means. You know, in these big games, Kyle Shannon's hand seems to take his foot off the gas or forget how to coach. Um, and he plays not to lose. So when you play not to lose, you end up losing. Um, on, on the flip side, is McVay going to stick with the running game? You know, and maybe it may be bleak early, but are you going to stick with it? Or are you going to put this on the shoulder of Matthew Stafford? You went out and got these toys, you know, or, or are you going to stick to your game plan? If, if, if it's not working, are you going to come back to it late? Um, is Matthew Stafford going to flip a switch and go into a situation where he's turning the ball over, he's not protecting the ball, um, or whatever that may be? Which Matthew Stafford is going to show up? Is it going to be the Matthew Stafford that – We've seen plays sometime in Detroit that PP knows all too well, or is it going to be this guy who came into this playoff run and is dropping dimes and buckets and reading coverages and protecting the football? Which Matthew Stafford is going to show up? Time will tell. Um, for me, it's going to come down to a couple of things. I'm not going to give a prediction yet, but I think this, this, these two teams completely mirror each other. They want to play physical. They want to run the football. Um and whose style is going to outshine who? Is it going to be the flashy, spread them out, throw them around, you know, zip, wop, pop, and dump type stuff that, Matt, that, that, that McVay likes to run? Or is it going to be the grind them pound, smash them out, you know, drag them through the mud style that Kyle Shanahan has made famous there in San Fran? Time will tell. Can't wait to give a prediction, though. Mr. Harvey, your thoughts on this game? San Francisco visiting the Rams. I mean, the stars are lined up. How do they go at it? Well, it, it's hard to beat a good team twice in a season, and it's even more difficult to beat a team three times. Um, when I look at this, like when I talk about keys to this game, uh, San Francisco is a physical football team. <clears throat> and even though the Rams like to be physical at times, uh, this is kind of the bully on the yard in San Francisco when it comes to them uh, over the last few years. So when I look at this and I look at uh, this game offensively for the Rams, you have to be able to run the football. Cam Akers has to take care of the football. Uh, he looked really good a couple of weeks ago. Last week, a couple of fumbles that, that led the team back in the game. Uh, but Cam Akers is going to have to have a good game. Him and Sony Michelle, as they change the pace, uh, they're going to have to establish uh, the running game to open things up, I believe, for Matthew Stafford. Um, <clears throat> you have the weapons on the outside. Uh, you got Cup, and then Odell Beckham, you know, has, uh, has stepped up. He's got five touchdowns since going out to uh, since going out to L.A. So, um, can the Rams? run the ball effectively, can Cam Akers have a decent game and take care of the football, and then can Matt Stafford take care of the football and make the plays in the passing game? Uh, that's what I'm looking at there. Um, as far as defensively for the Niners, they got to continue to put some pressure. They've got to stop the run, which they've been able to do <clears throat> against this San Francisco team. Now, on the other side of the ball, when the Niners have the ball, can they? Can Jimmy G continue to make the plays that he needs to make? Can they continue to run the ball? But then the other thing that I'm really looking for in this game is San Francisco has really been able to take advantage of that second level 
of that Rams defense, which is probably the weakest part of that defense. We all know about that defensive front, Aaron Donald, Von Miller and company, how they put pressure and whatever. And their secondary, Jalen Ramsey and different guys in the secondary, they they have playmakers. The the weakness of that Rams team, though, is that linebacking core. They got some guys there, but that's probably the weakness of that defense. And if you watch the way San Francisco has attacked them this season, <clears throat> it's been with Kittle in the middle of the field and Debo, but they've done a lot of things over the middle of the field and in that second level behind that defensive front in front of that secondary, that's where they've been able to uh, make the most of their pay dirt, so to speak, or make the most hay uh, moving the ball against that defense. Uh, last time it was a little bit closer, so uh, I'm interested to see what the Rams defensive coordinator and how they go about game planning to try to close the holes in that second level that the 49ers have been able to exploit in these uh, previous matchups this year. Uh, for the Niners, the health of Debo Samuel being able to be out there. I know he limped off the field a couple times last week, came back on the field and made a big play to get a first down late in the game on like a third and eight or nine or whatever. Uh, he was able to get a first down and keep things moving. And then he uh, hobbled right back off the field. So the health of uh, Debo Samuel's key being able to get George Kittle involved. You're going to need some plays from Brandon Ayuk. Uh, but I, I think these two teams, because they are as familiar with each other as, as they are, there should not be as much of a feeling out process as you see in some other games. Uh, but listen, if you like a slugfest and you like physical football <laughs> and you want to see, uh, and you want to see some, uh, you, you want to see them passing some licks or, this is this is the game for you. Uh, you know, tune in and be ready because I, th- I think it's going to be physical. I think it is not going to be for the weak-hearted. And uh, once again, I, this game could very well come down to which team is able to play cleaner. Uh, I, I think they're very evenly matched. They <clears throat> they are obviously extremely. Uh, it, it, it's a fairly uh, evenly matched game, and these two teams have uh, have swapped plenty of uh, have swapped plenty of paint, so to speak, uh, this season. So, uh, part three should be very uh, should be very com- fairly compelling television for sure. Okay, I'm going to say it like this. Um, I kind of put pressure on everybody in this one. I'll start with the visiting team with San Francisco. As much as Debo has had to carry a lot of the weight of this team, George Kittle, you owe him. This is a game where you have the mismatch of whatever linebacker may come to try to pick you up or the safety that's on you is Eric Weddle. And they list him at 5'11", but believe me, he's, he's literally probably like a 5'8 or 5'7". I'm not giving him 5'11". He's not 5'11". I, 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 there's no, so if you get this, like you could actually play basketball and like post them up and get catches like you want to and just settle for possession of football and, and just move the chains that way. So this is a situation where if you need Jimmy Garoppolo to be the quarterback that y'all need, 
play that possession type of football to, like, keep the, the focus off of Debo. Because if they're force-feeding Debo, I, I, I don't want him to get hurt more because he's already injured now. And if you guys get to the next level and, and get to a Super Bowl, he's going to be damaged even more where he's going to want to show out and try to get another championship back into the Bay where it felt, you guys fell short because things didn't go right. So, Kittle, you've been not as, uh, how do I say, the word I want to use, like consistent all year long. Like it's been games where you lull to sleep and they've been able to do just fine while you were in a struggle or injured or something's going on. And in this situation with the running game, they need Mitchell to be able to run the ball and at least give them three to five yards a clip. A clip. I'm not saying average five, but it can't be those one-yard runs where you're leaving Jimmy with third and seven, third and nine, that he has to make a big throw. Uh, and all the pressure's on this guy. Like, make it somewhat easier for your quarterback on the offensive side of the ball. The defensive side of the ball, if that front seven could do what they've been doing up until this point, I think they have a good shot to make it tough for Stafford up front. Um, however, this is the one thing that boggles my mind, and I'm kind of like joining this in together with the other team. When the Rams set up their offense, right, majority of the times if they send Cooper Cup or Odell Beckham in motion – and they're underneath in the slot, they will end up running that that one yard out. They'll they'll settle for that one yard, get the out, and turn that one yard into like five, seven, or a first down. You know, five or seven yards or a first down. And uh, teams don't get it. It's like, why are you guys not locked into this? Let alone a lot of times that option situation will end up being Cooper Cup. And Cooper Cup is terrorizing the league. So it's like San Francisco is going to have to be ready to slow that down if they're in a spread set and it's three on one side because somebody's going to end up running that short out route and try to make big yardage off of that. San Francisco has to be ready for that. The Rams side of the situation, I feel like this is like a cleansing, and this is more or less to Odell Beckham and Matthew Stafford, uh, both of them that have their issues or their past behind them now. They are at the NFC Championship game where they can basically – shun off a lot of the people that have talked negatively about their past or how they played up until this point. Um, Matthew Stafford has always had a situation where pressure games always bother him. He always makes a critical mistake, and going up against teams with winning records, he's not as successful, but this year he's doing okay. I don't want to say exceptional or great, but he's doing okay, um, in which he was turning the ball over in the last couple of games in the regular season, but right now he's valuing the football. So I also have to give him credit for that. Um, again, like I said, with Odell Beckham, and he's finally found a tandem where a receiver, they kind of know where each other are, and they're both quick. It could make these plays on the field. I think it opens up a lot for Jefferson also. So this puts a good amount of pressure on the secondary of San Francisco as well. So this is an ultimate uh, slugfest as well. I don't think it'll be as high scoring as the Chiefs or the Bengals, but this is a very interesting watch. Uh, Brian, I'm saving you for last. Your thoughts on the game? how your boys go into SoFi again and try to either stump them or let one slip away. But I don't want the prediction. Just your thoughts on how this goes down. Brian, can you hear me? Do I have you here, Brian? Okay, we may be having an issue. Okay, so... If I can't get him here, um, Mike, your thoughts on how the let, – let's start with the AFC Championship game. We'll go right back to that. Your prediction on the game, um, Bengals or the Chiefs, who wins the game and why? 
I think Cincinnati got Kansas City's attention uh, for sure with that performance in the regular season. I I want to start by saying I'm very impressed with uh, – I've said this more than once in this space and on this network, but I'm very impressed with, with the growth that I've seen out of Joe Burrow and with what Cincinnati has been able to do this year and the rookie performance of Jamar Chase. I think that – Cincinnati has had a, you know, they've surpassed all the expectations this year, except for maybe what, what expectations they had in that building. And they have a lot to be, to look forward to um, in the future of that friend. The future is very, very bright in Cincinnati. And the people in the Queen City have not been able to say that in a long, long time um, about their football team. Okay, so starting there. But that being said, I think uh, – that ride stops today. Thank you for coming. Please exit the other side. Make sure that you have all of your belongings uh, as you exit the ride and pass through the turnstiles because I think that it's over today. <clears throat> I think that the Kansas City Chiefs are proven at this level. I think that like I said before, they've been to the last two Super Bowls. They very easily could have been uh, in the Super Bowl the year before that. This is the postseason is is definitely a different level of football. I think they are going to exploit the weaknesses of this Cincinnati team, mainly the offensive line's inability to protect the quarterback. And I think that that offense is uh, is good enough to put up points regardless of uh, who you line up across from them. I think that Cincinnati will have their day if they keep a lot of these guys together and continue to build this franchise. I think that this team uh, has all the makings of a Super Bowl contender for years to come and a team that will have their day in the sun on football's biggest stage. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be this year. I expect them to be worthy opponents for the Kansas City Chiefs today, and I expect them to to play well, and I expect them to uh, to represent the rest of the AFC. Um, and I expect it to be a good football game. But uh, to quote Mystical when it comes to Cincinnati, I just don't think y'all ain't ready yet. Um, I think you're close, but not quite. And I think Kansas City, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Tariq Hill, Travis Kelsey, and all these guys uh, lean on that, that that veteran leadership of Andy Reid and the experience that, that these guys have had in the postseason, and I think that's enough to overcome a formidable challenge uh, brought to the table by Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Kansas City Chiefs will represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. Okay, Brian, your thoughts on this game? How does it go down? Cincinnati or the Kansas City or the Kansas City? I'm really struggling with this one, man. I, uh, you know what? I think, I think my mind is telling me, my mind is telling me, go with KC. It's hard to fathom a scenario in which you kind of bet against Mahomes. I mean, you know as well as I did that 
I took the Bills last week, and I thought, you know, money, they're going to win. And we all know what, what can happen in less than 20 seconds. That's all I'm saying. So, with that said, it's hard to bet against them. My heart is telling me, though, we've all played sports. There's something to be said to be the hot team, to be the team that's playing loose, that doesn't have doesn't have anything to quote-unquote lose, if you will. There's no pressure on, on the Bengals. The Bengals won their Super Bowl when they won their first playoff game. Because that was the first time that had happened in 30 years. They're playing loose. They're having fun. These youngsters. And I understand, you know, Dan Marino went to a Super Bowl early on and never went back, so there's that. But I think when you're that young, I don't think you think about it. I just think that they're playing in the moment. And I'm a little torn tie, but I'm gonna go ahead and, and I'm gonna go ahead and, and step out on that, that branch all by myself, if you will. I'm gonna go with the Cincinnati Bengals to shock the world. I think I think that trio of receivers is going to be a problem to handle. And it wasn't that long ago when these two teams matched up. And I just don't know if you can fix all your defensive inefficiencies on the Kansas City side in that short a period of time. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if Kansas City won, but like I said, I, I'm, I'm going to give Joe Burrow and the youngsters the slight nod in a very close game. I'm going to say 30-27. Uh, Bengals make their first Super Bowl in 40 years? No, not 40. They played you guys in, what, 88, right? 88, yeah, 33 uh, years, 34 years. 33, okay, so it's over 30. I knew, I knew it had been a while. I'll say 40. I, I, I wouldn't have been able to see that. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I'd have been in a, a stomach somewhere. But nevertheless, though, but um, this is an interesting branch that you're standing out there on. Um, I don't know which way to go with this. It, it's tough because I, um, I don't, I'm not, I'm not totally giving into Burrow's youth, you know what I'm saying? Like him being young and saying, oh, well, he's not ready yet, and he's doing it, and he's consistently winning these games while I don't say for myself, I won't say other people, I'll be like, well, somewhere, somehow, like the glass slipper is going to fall off him, and he's still been able to compete and win these games, and he's doing this fresh out of college. This is virtually really his rookie season, really. I mean, halfway through the season last year, he tore his knee up. So, I mean, this is his second year of experience, but, like, He's still learning the game and still doing this at an alarming clip. So Kansas City's defense is going to have to rile up and get after this guy. If they can't, Brian may be right. The Cincinnati Bengals can go in Arrowhead and shock one of the more loudest stadiums in the NFL. However, I put a lot of pressure on Cincinnati's secondary, not Joe Burrow. If they can't stop Kittle, if they can't stop Pringles, I don't know what they're going to do with Tyreek Hill because I know they're going to try to bracket him as much as possible, have probably somebody 20 yards off the line so they can make sure he has to do something amazing to get past them. But if they can't stop the others on that offense, I think this is an uphill battle for Cincinnati to stop Kansas City at this point in time. I'm going to go Kansas City, but I feel like this is one of those get your popcorn ready. I will go 31-28, and this ends with that field goal again at the end of the game. I feel like the last team that has the ball win, and I feel like Kansas City may be that team that has the ball last, especially the way that they were able to basically 
save themselves with 13 seconds left on the clock. I'll, I'll go with Kansas City to win this one in a nail-biter. 31-28. So I, we think, have our I think we had, we had seven and a half I saw before. Uh, you know, I could see them winning by a touchdown. I don't like it to be any more than that. And uh, and our boy serious Kansas City as well. We have the NFC Championship game right now. I'll come right back to you, Mike. Your thoughts on the game? Who wins this one and why? Yeah, I said earlier, I think it's hard to beat a, uh, a good team twice. It's even harder to beat a good team three times. I think that San Francisco has performed admirably in these playoffs. Uh, you know, they've beaten the top two seeds uh, in the playoffs to get to this point. Um, I'm impressed with what they've been able to accomplish as a team this season. I just think that they're right in today. I, the Rams built this roster to win a Super Bowl. I think that they showed that they closed the gap a little bit uh, between the first two games. Uh, San Francisco made them look very silly uh, the first time out. Second time out, they were able to force overtime, and it, it, it was a much closer game, and San Francisco had to kind of come back in it. Uh, but now you have Acres and you have uh, some other pieces back healthy for this uh, Rams team. I think that if the Rams can take care of the football and not turn the ball over, if they do things like they did late in the game last week and leave the door open for the 49ers, <clears throat> they very well could be in trouble. But I don't know. I, I've, I've kind of gone back and forth on, on this uh, this week, but I keep coming back to the Rams, and I think that uh, somehow the Rams find a way to get this done. I do not think this is going to be as high scoring. I expect something like a 24-20 to 20, 27-24 type of uh, football game, but I think the Rams are going to come out of the NFC. Uh, just to do this quickly, it hurts me that I have to go this way. Um, reason being is I know that all the backlash that will happen when and if this does go down, but if Matthew Stafford wins this game, they're going to have so much to say about Detroit and how things went down while he was there, so on and so forth. And I feel like that is going to happen. <laughs> I feel as much as karma's been around me for so long, Baffert actually gets on his first run in his postseason. They already said at the beginning of the season that he was a Super Bowl contender, and it potentially can happen, especially while injuries and things are falling his way. While the Bucks didn't have everything there, they were injured. Godwin was out. Antonio Brown actually went crazy, and they had to fight with what they had. And right now, San Francisco has a, a hampered Debo. Um, they're going to have to go to war with what they have right now. So I feel like Matthew Stafford has his cards in line right now. If he doesn't, I want to see how the tabloids break this down also. But I'm going to go with the Rams to protect their house and go to the Super Bowl right in their house. Uh, breaking news, Hughes, uh, I'll let you have at it. Who do you like in this game and why? Well, 
You know, I'm, I'm going with San Francisco, ride or die, but I'm going to tell you the reasons why, you know, the national media is telling you the Rams are going to win. 90, 95% of the people picking are picking the Rams to win. Understandable, but let me explain to you the reason why I don't think that's going to happen. That's not just from a fan's perspective. So 22 times in the modern era, teams have met three times in a season. Of the, or Excuse me, 22 times two teams have met and one team has won at least or has won both the matchups, and they've met in the playoffs 22 times. 14 of those 20 times, they won the third game as well. So roughly 65% of the times you win the two regular season games, you're going to win the playoff game. Number two, and this is all factual, feel free to check this out. SoFi Stadium, as some of you have heard, is Levi South. If you go back to week 18, Matthew Stafford said to reporters that it was so loud that in the fourth quarter they had to go to a silent count in their own stadium because the amount of Niner fans, there was more, there was almost double the amount of Niner fans as there was Ram fans. And I think that plays big. You know, you, you, you think you have a home field advantage, it's demoralizing to come out and basically see that you have a road game. You do not have a home game. Number three, yes, we won. The Niners have won six in a row, and they've won in a variety of ways. It hasn't just been the run. Yes, Jimmy's had to bring us back from 17 down. Yes, Jimmy's thrown, you know, interceptions and everything else. But there's several different ways to win. And as a couple of you guys pointed out, if you look over the course of the last four or five games, George Kittle has been primarily a blocker in the run game. I think you're going to see more play action today. I think you're going to see George Kittle be more involved today, which will make the offense probably more explosive. I think you're also, when you look at who the pressure is on in this game, the Niners are playing with house money. Nobody expected them to be here. Everybody expected the Rams to be here. As Ty said, you literally traded for Matthew Stafford because you were not happy where Jared Goff got you, and Jared Goff got you to a Super Bowl. It's it's Super Bowl win. It's not just Super Bowl. It's Super Bowl win or bust for the Rams. You trade for Odell. You trade for Von Miller. Their chips are all in. This team has owned them the last six games. And last game was by far the closest. Go back, go back to earlier in the year when it was 31 to 10. Aaron Donald has been basically a non-factor in these games over the course of the last, over the course of the last year. He hasn't gotten pressures. He hasn't gotten sacks. It's not because he's not an all-world type player. I think the 49ers have figured out, and their coaching staff has figured out how to play this Rams team and how to effectively manage that game. I think it. I think no question. Listen, I'm a Niners fan, but I'm also a realist. Uh, you know, talent-wise, it would be hard to argue that pound for pound that the Niners are as talented just from a player-per-player perspective. But I do feel like the Niners are kind of like a team of destiny. They won four road games in a row, and all of them were basically basically, uh, playoff games. They had to win all these games in order to get where they're at now. They've won on the road against the number one seed. 
They won on the road against a division rival down 17 points in order to make it into the show to begin with. They go on, on the road to Dallas, one of the most prolific offenses we saw this year, and beat them. And, and, and they've all been relative nail-biters, if you will. So with that said, I think this is actually going to be a relatively low-scoring game. I, I think people might be kind of surprised. I think both teams are under 20 points. I'm going to go San Francisco 17, and I'm going to go Los Angeles Rams 13. And I think the biggest difference in this game is not going to be the run. The run is obviously important, but they're going to stack the box to stop the run. I think the biggest difference is going to be everybody outside of Debo. I think they're going to focus him. I think George Kittle has a big game. I think Brandon Ayuk has a big game. And I think this defense that a lot of people sleep on outside of Bosa, you know, Jordan Willis, Eric Armstead, Arden Key, I think you're going to see they've had at least five sacks in each of their first two playoff games. I think that continues. I think they rattle Stafford, and I think they force Stafford into some bad throws. So I'm going to go with the Niners, 17-13. Even if you're in the ballpark of these numbers for an under, I'll give you credit. If this is like a 17-13, and I don't even want to hold you to that, but I'm just saying even if the score is like close to these numbers, I will give you credit for that. That's, that's stunning of a number for an under. Okay, well, I need plugs and closeouts from both of you as we shut this thing down. Here is Sports City. Brian, you know what to do. Plug, promo, anything that you'd like to shout out as we get up out of here at the brunch. Well, I just want to say thank you guys so much for uh, allowing me to join the show sportscitychefs.com check out the blogs the reviews um the villain barry is still looking for writers so if you want to write if you're passionate about sports and you want a platform to do so contact timeless either in the barber shop uh here on blog talk also you can contact barry both those guys are available via facebook as well um and then check out the barber shop um if you guys have not done so yet download the clubhouse app Type in barbershop. You will see the cross poles. Uh, it's a very chill environment. I've been there several times myself. Talk everything, everything there, um, sports, music. Um, I've seen 20, 30, 40 people there. And even when somebody gets out of line, the rest of the group typically will rein them back in. It's a, a safe environment. It's a, it's a good place to go, even if you just want to learn more about sports or, or just have people to talk with. So, Definitely check that out. Uh, Timeless, appreciate you letting me on. Uh, once again, buddy, you have a great day. This is amazing. I'm, I don't even have to do the commercial no more. <laughs> I love you, bro. I love you. Bro. I got one brother, man. I, I don't even know how to do this with you, man, because you're nine of the addicts, so I don't know how to. I don't even know. This is going to be a tough game. I, I hope you do come to the barbershop and, and watch the game with it. That's going to be crazy, but I know you're probably going crazy yourself. Uh, Mike, I need a plug, closeout, shout-out, anything that you'd like to promote as we shut it down here at the brunch. Man, first of all, man, much love and respect to you, TP, man. Without you, I wouldn't be here. I appreciate the other chefs. Breaking news, Brian Hughes, serious with us today. Uh, you know, he just mentioned the uh, the website. He mentioned the barbershop as well. Listen, we got over 6,000, and we are continuing to grow, so come be part of uh, our community, man. We didn't have a sports team or another subject or anything to to draw people in. 
we drew, we uh, pulled this community together, and we uh, on a family type uh, basis, man. So we built a we built a community of people just based on believing in each other and on genuinely enjoying each other's company and presence, and and we continue to grow that uh, and in the barbershop on Clubhouse, man. So uh, it gets me through a lot of days, whether it be uh, whether it be accompanies me with things going on at work or, man, just like wanting a place to sometimes go just to be able to uh, be in a familiar spot and chop it up. That's what uh, the barbershop is for me, man. And uh, So come by and check it out. Once again, man, we also want to uh, say thank you to PHI Apparel. You can check that out on phiapparel.co. Uh, got some uh appreciate them uh them sponsoring us and check us out on all of our uh, other platforms as well. We got the Twitter space, we got Instagram, uh the barbershop's got a uh, uh, Instagram site as well. And so check us out. Make sure everything that uh you guys click on you can even uh listen to us with uh with your smart speakers to Alexa just to play sports city chefs and uh We'll be right there coming into your homes and uh, and chopping it up for you, man. But that being said, lots of cool things happen in the sports world, and I just feel uh, privileged and blessed to be able to have a platform to where uh, I can jump on and talk to you guys about about things going on in the sporting world and life itself, man. And much love to you, TP, and I'm out. I'll see you guys soon. Well, the two of these guys did enough for me. I love both of them. They are both my big brothers because they're 70s babies. So I got to give them their just due. One is a Saints fan. One is a Niners fan. And I'm the Lion guy. Uh, Thank you for checking us out. It's Championship Week. Everybody have a good Sunday. I know I'm going to be at the edge of my seat. I know I got to go out there and try to get some good food uh, in this building before this game starts. I I don't know if I want wings or if I want, like, fish. I, I don't know what I'm up to. I got to do something. But on that note, tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the chefs again. And if they don't know, now they know. Sports City Chefs is in the room, cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon. They well in tune, blown like a flower in June. Superman vs. MF Doom, the clouds loom. So tell a friend, it's the Sports City Chefs again. Pay attention, tune in, we on the set again. Sports City, Sports City Chefs, Chefs. This portion of our program is brought to you by PHI Apparel Company. PHI Apparel Company provides unique designs and high-quality clothing for the great fans of the Philadelphia area. With their original designs for all, there's no doubt that they'll stand out in the crowd. Act now and listeners can use the promo code CHEFS for 15% off any apparel when you shop online at phiapparel.co. That's phiapparel.co. Remember to use the promo code CHEFS for 15% off. Act now while supplies last.